everyone and welcome to another episode of Pure Dead Gaming Afterlife and our first Games Revisited episode. For those of you who don't know, I am Jessica and joining me today is Pure Dead Craig. Hello. Donnie. Hello. And today our special guest Alex from The Cross Players. Hello. So for this episode of Afterlife and as is the plan for each month going forward, we are going to do a deep dive into a past game, giving our impressions and thoughts. For the first month, we have chosen to talk about PlayStation's 2013 smash hit, The Last of Us. Now, Donnie, you chose this one. Tell us why. Um, It wasn't an easy decision, to be honest, because there's so many games to choose. Me and Craig kind of wrapped our brains a little bit about where to go with this one but we just kind of figured that with all the with all the rumors of remakes and things coming out and with obviously with the nine year anniversary coming up it seemed like a logical choice and of course after we chose it we then announced said remake so there we go yeah okay so before we kick things off then let's just kind of remind ourselves of the game's history Released in 2013, The Last of Us is an action-adventure game set in post-apocalyptic United States, developed by Sony favourite studio Naughty Dog and released exclusively to the PlayStation 3 and then subsequently remastered on the PlayStation 4. The Last of Us has gone on to sell 17 million copies since release. The success of The Last of Us has led to a sequel, Part 2, which was released in 2020, again to similar critical acclaim. It was also recently announced that Part 1 remake will be launched in September this year, as you said. The Last of Us has won nearly 50 Game of the Year awards, including the BAFTA for Best Game and the DICE Awards Game of the Year, among many others. Alex, I'm going to come to you first because you have just played this game for the first time. Is there a reason that you never picked it up prior to now? Export. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, mean, it was on that. It was on that shitty system. So why are we going to play that? Um, nah. Joking aside, I think when this first came out, I did. I did pick it up on the PS3, and I did pick it up on the PS4, and I think I maybe started it on one of them. Definitely not in both. I might have started it in one, and I think it was just at that point in time wasn't a game for me, as in I didn't like stealth, I didn't like zombies, I didn't like that anything of the afterlife, any of that. I was like, just give me a game of FIFA and I'll be quite happy. That was back in yeah. those kind of days. Um, so it was probably more of my game and ignorance as to why I didn't play it back then, as to why I've now played it. Um, but not to give too much away too quickly, but I'm definitely glad I have now played it. Um, Good. Good, yeah, that's good to hear. Um, I should probably note at this point, we, obviously we are going to talk through the game in this episode, so there will be spoilers if you have not yet played it. Might can, you, can, can you spoil a nine-year-old game? Is that a thing? Well, I mean... I, I mean, when there's a game that's about to have a remake made of it, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly, I yeah. <laughs> A TV show in fuck those worlds. <laughs> yeah, so right... The three of you, talk me through what you thought of, I guess, the, the opening. Okay. Um, Alex, why don't you, uh, why don't you start us out, kind of what you thought at the beginning, since like you were the newbie in this. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think for me, I, it just, has there been much of a better opening 15 minutes of a game? It, it did everything. Like, yeah. it, it drew you in, it made you care, it introduced you to the protagonist, it, introduced you to the gameplay 
it told the it set the scene perfectly, and you you kind of got to that end of that first fifteen minutes, you know, like oh my god, I'm in, like yeah. so much happened and almost perfectly depicted across those fifteen minutes. I think you you knew everything you needed to know, and you were ready to know the rest. Yeah, yeah, no, I think I agree there. And I, you're right. I mean, the start of this game is superb. The sort of the the sort of nice opening scene with with Joel and and, uh, and Sarah on the couch, have a little laugh and a little joke, and then straight away, you're, for some reason, you're kind of controlling Sarah, and you're thinking, why the hell am I controlling Sarah? And then suddenly, the tension starts to build, the music builds up, and you've just obviously got this just fantastic tense scene, um, obviously, which ends up with uh, with with Sarah surprisingly being killed. And one of the kind of things that I that I never noticed on my first playthroughs was a, a really powerful scene at the start where, I don't know if you guys noticed this, but you also, when you're driving your car, there's you, there's Tommy and Sarah in the car, and you notice a family at the side of the road, and Sarah and Tommy want to stop, want to help this family, quick, you know, stop, pull over, and Joel says, no, fuck them, basically. And I never mm-hmm. noticed this originally when I played this, I'm sitting and playing this again, you know, like replaying it just now for this, and going, fuck, I totally didn't realise that scene. And it, it, you already see the man that Joel is. And obviously we'll talk about the ending at the end, but you're already getting that, how kind of selfish he is and only cares about himself. And I, you know, I just thought it was a brilliant scene right at the start. Yeah, I, I agree. I, th- I think the opening to it really does, it does set the tone. And I thought it was, it was such a departure for Naughty Dog as well because there was so many times, like so obviously before this, they've made plenty of games, but the mm-hmm. most recent games they'd made was Uncharted 1, 2 and 3. Yeah. And in that, those three games, all three of them, there was a point where you think Sully, I mean obviously I'm spoiling Uncharted now here as well, but you think, <laughs> you think Sully is dead. Like They always try to make it seem like, oh, we have killed off a main character, but then they yeah. haven't. And one of the things that was sort of thrown at Naughty Dog was that they weren't willing to do that. Like, I remember after Uncharted 3, and it was like, oh, we didn't even buy it in Uncharted 3 because we just don't think you're willing to make such a big impact like that. And I almost felt like at the beginning of The Last of Us, even though you didn't have that much time with Sarah, it was obvious how important she was to the main character. Yes. And it was as if they were like, no, this is not Uncharted. This is seri- This is more serious. This yes. we're taking a, a character that looks like she's part of the main story straight away, and we are taking her out. Yeah. And I thought that was like almost symbolic for yeah. uh, for Naughty Dog. Yeah, yeah, and taking her out in such a powerful and awful but beautiful scene as well. Yeah, it was tough to watch, man. You know, you're watching a video game here, but that shit was tough. You know. Mm-hmm. Oh, they didn't fuck about. I think that was probably the most dramatic part about it because you're kind of going through that whole segment and you get to the end and you're like, they're going to survive and then you're like, but you're thinking all the way along like, the wee girl's going to die. She's going to die. That's just how this game is going to set up. But you don't expect her to die by being shot by the military. You expect her to die by being infected. Yeah. And I think that's the bit and that's that's that bit that really hits you. Like, that's the heart-wrenching moment. You're like... How the hell is this guy going to recover from that? Yeah, I almost thought because see, because of Naughty Dog's previous of oh this person's dead, they're dead. No, they're not. They're not. <laughs> I honestly thought that Sarah would be taken away by the military, and then she would be assumed dead. And like going into it, when I first saw her, I knew that she wasn't because of stuff we'd seen before. I was like, right, Sarah's not in this game throughout. Yeah. So I thought she was going to be taken away, and then Jim. Uh, Joel would assume she was dead, but then towards the end of the game, you'd actually meet her as an adult. Mm-hmm. So, it was so it was so striking to when you actually saw it. No, she's dead. 
she's definitely dead. Um, so yeah, it was it was such a powerful start. Yeah. So we then skip forward twenty years to modern day, and we meet older Joe. And I guess there's a, a little bit of kind of clues as to what's going on in between. We know that Tommy, his brother, joins the Fireflies, and obviously the world has been taken over by by the infected. And yeah, what's your thoughts there on in? Yeah, well, I thought I thought this this sort of opening scene was was quite interesting because, again, going back to kind of the last scene, obviously you see Sarah getting shot. We don't; it does not actually confirm that she's dead until the very next scene. You think now you're twenty years later. Oh God, she is actually dead, you know. And then, and of course, then you then kind of find out that you know Tommy and Joe. There's there's clearly this strange relationship because obviously Tommy has joined the Fireflies, but we don't know who or what the Fireflies are yet. Mm-hmm. So that kind of narrative is, is quite interesting there. Yeah, you don't really know if they're good or bad yet, do you? Yeah. No. Well, that's that's the thing that I've always I've I've always contemplated with this game, is who's the goodies and who's the baddies? Because every yeah. game's got to have that. And when you control a character in a video game, you automatically assume that they are the protagonist. But you never kind of know, or you you kind of have to decide yourself who's the good guys and who's the bad guys. Because the automatic the automatic assumption is the fireflies are the bad guys because they bomb. The, the, the camp and that you're in, you, you have to assume they're bad. But again, as we'll kind of talk about later on, we don't really know if that's the case. Well, I just assume that the way they sort of set up, I think in this world there are no good and bad. It's just mm-hmm. survival mm-hmm. and people doing and what they think is right in the moment. Like yeah. I don't think there is a good or bad really. Although at first you are looking for it, definitely you're like mm-hmm. right who you're trying to get gauge like right who is the good side here and who's the bad side. But I think as you go, I mean obviously we'll come on to it further on, but like. Yeah. I think everyone has their sort of good and bad traits, which is quite unique for a video game. Yeah, it's just that every story has to have a goodie and a baddie, don't they? That's 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 mm. the thing. You've always got to have someone that you can not relate to, but you always feel as though that they're that they're you because you're controlling them. And well, how am I doing these bad things? Because that's not me. So that kind of moral dilemma. Yeah. yeah. I think for me, it was even before you got to the next scene. I, I, I felt a bit an element of surprise when I seen it was 20 years that had passed, more than anything else. I think okay. that that in itself tells you a lot about Joel, the fact he survived another 20 years after what happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that was my initial thought. I'm like, whoa, 20 years? I would, if it had been five or something, it would have been like, okay. But I think that was the first thing that really struck out, yeah. struck out at me, yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you think you would survive twenty years in post-apocalyptic no world? No, 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 no. I told this story. An old friend of mine tried to say that he would—he couldn't even drive, and he would—he uh, would hijack a cruise ship. That was how he would survive an apocalypse. I'm like, you think that it was a cruise ship with a fucking set of keys just lying around? You can go and hijack it. You can't even drive. <laughs> very, very fucking good, you know. <laughs> it was interesting just when you introed that bit, Jesse, and you were saying about how like the world's been taken over. Like it's something I was actually listening to recently, and it's it's. I suppose it's assumed that the whole world has been consumed by this, but they never actually allude to the fact that it's the whole world. Yeah. So mm. there was like I remember at the time when the game came out and there was a lot of sort of discourse about so has the whole world been taken over by this or ha- is it just America? But you have to assume it's the whole world. Ah, it's like, got to be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and and Naughty Dog are going for I suppose realism in this, and like if this did happen in real life and America get taken over by some sort of spore airborne virus like the rest of the world would be flying over to hell they wouldn't just be like ah fuck them then let's turn it into a tv show you know what i mean like yeah obviously it must have been the whole world 
Oh, they'll be the bombed them. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, bomb the fuck out of them. Yeah. As soon as they can't fight back, just fucking chuck everything at them. Absolutely. Right. Putin style. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he'd, have been, he'd have been writing one of the bombs in the way in. He's <laughs> <laughs> top off. Like he's in that horse. Yeah. <laughs> well, and a proud day for the Discord. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Somebody needs to Photoshop that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. So we meet Tess um, at this point as well. Yep. And. A death occurs in the form of Robert. Mm-hmm. He gets taken out because he's stolen some stuff. And then they meet Marlene. Is that Marlene? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, and that, I guess, is the point where we meet Ellie, who's the other kind of main character of the story. Um, yeah. And then Tess, Tess subsequently gets infected. And that's kind of a key moment in the story because obviously that's when Joel and Ellie then pursue... Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I suppose there's a an interesting question actually that Chris in the Discord has put in the fact that did we like the original idea where Tess was actually the antagonist of the story, and it was actually changed. Neil Duckman made the point that they changed Tess to be part of Joel's team. You could say because it would be hard to believe that Joel would take on this quest with Ellie had. Tess not given her sacrifice, if that makes sense. So yeah. it's quite interesting the fact that the, the story could have been totally different. And I personally, I don't think it would have worked if Tess wasn't on Team Joe and then sacrificed herself, you know? Definitely. I, I agree with that. Like that definitely, because Joel is, especially at this point, he, he almost seems like he's just like a vessel. He's just, yeah. he's dead for all, all intensive yeah. purposes and dead of emotion, dead of, he's just waiting to die almost. Yeah. And um, yeah, I think it would take a lot to give him the purpose Definitely. to be willing to take on this girl and this this potential countrywide situation. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that was the perfect thing. Because I mean, they, they, I don't think they outright, say it but there's i think it's quite clear that there has been a relationship there like they clearly i disagree no i think no i think don't get me wrong you're 20 years into a zombie apocalypse you've, you've thrown down a few times definitely but I don't, oh, think, I. I, <laughs> I don't believe there's any romance there i think it's purely sexual nothing else there's no romance at all i'm, I'm a firm believer of that one I don't think Joel had any romance in him <laughs> I, like I, 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 I genuinely don't think yeah. there, there was enough Feeling yeah. within Joel at that point in time for her to be, yeah. I, I, t- I tell you, I don't, I don't disagree with you. I mean, when I was same relationship, I was, I suppose, more meaning he was pumping her. Shagging yeah. uh, I mean, there's no way that they haven't been at it. I mean, suppose it's the apocalypse, everyone's at absolutely, it, even uh, people, yeah, definitely. There's probably very few animals that weren't interfered with. <laughs> And they're a proud day for Discord. <laughs> <laughs> I like the point I actually made about Joel being dead because the t- um. Jess, when you mentioned about the scene when they sh- when they shoot Robert, which then sets up our story, you know, like Tess literally just shoots him in cold blood, bang in the head. Oh, and yeah. the, the two of them just act like this is fucking normal. This is everyday life for these people now. And yeah. that can again shows you who these people are. You can just do that and just walk off like it's nothing. So I, I, but I totally agree with you saying that he's dead. He is dead inside. Yeah. You. Completely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk fireflies. Mm-hmm. Okay. We kind of said, you know, initially, like, you don't know if they're good or bad. As the game unfolds, what's your take? Well, I personally, I think they are the good guys in this because 
they're the ones that are wanting to save the world, save the planet, and do what they can. Obviously, hence, obviously, why Ellie's on the mission that she is with Joel. Um, the, the game does a good job at the start of of showing the Fireflies in a bad light again, just to to paint this narrative that these are the enemies. We need to watch out for the Fireflies, but in actual fact, we should be siding with them in reality. That's kind of my take on things, anyway. See, I, I very much fall down the route of where. Craig was here and I don't think there is good and bad guys and here I think there's survivalists and there's some who are a bit more ruthless in survival than others. I think everyone's out for themselves and you can interpret that in whatever way you want to but mm-hmm. I, I I can't yeah you probably lean more towards the fireflies as the story goes on and what you're actually trying trying to achieve but I don't think other than some who are just distinctly bad as mm. we'll come on to a bit further into the story i don't yeah. think i think it's very difficult probably the, the hardest i've been to distinguish between good and bad and mm-hmm. yeah 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 i think they just they went for it to be so gritty so yeah certainly like the the fireflies sort of mission is a noble one like they want yes. to try and save the world but yeah. I, I did always get the impression that they wanted to save the world because it would save themselves like almost first if you know what i mean like which I mean, don't be wrong, if I was in that position, I'd probably be the same. But, um, but yeah, you, you'd certainly get the impression that the Fireflies have done bad stuff as well. Oh, of course. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, sur- like, yeah. it's a survival world that you keep saying, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's interesting. And, like, I, you don't necessarily get clarification in this, but I, I wouldn't be, I almost feel like in that world that, like, it's almost flipped back and forth quite a lot. Like at certain times, maybe over the last 20 years, maybe the Fireflies were the bad guys and were the ones like causing the most anarchy, but then their like, their mission changed as things went along. Like I almost get that impression that things have been fluid throughout. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. I, yeah, I think so. Over 20 years, I think that's, that's probably bound to happen because fire, the Fireflies wouldn't... Obviously, you know, Ellie was only bitten sort of a year before the game takes place. So they wouldn't have known about a cure in any way. So obviously their 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 mission changed when Ellie was bit and then mm-hmm. survived. So yeah. what did they what did they do the nineteen years before? Yeah, exactly. I because they wouldn't have known about, about the possibility yeah, yeah. of a cure. Because yeah. I, I think when you first meet Ellie, she's been bit for three weeks, but then obviously the game takes place over a year. So three by the weeks, time yeah. you, you get there, uh, mm-hmm. that would be the guts of a year, eh? Yeah. Mm, yeah. Yeah, so we then move on to to meet Bill and his little <laughs> town. It's a very deserted little town, and yeah, it's a, a booby trapped town also. Yeah, yes, it's fun. <laughs> I I really I like this section. Same. Yeah, it just I don't know. Again, it was another thing that like it had so many different layers to it. Like, and there was. There was so much extra you could find beneath the surface with it, and I, I don't know. I, I just felt like, like in this game more so than most, I just feel like there's so much attention to detail mm-hmm. and like backstory for characters and just like, just little things. Like I never spoke about it, but like at the when you first move forward twenty years and you're in that sort of quarantine area, like when you take take control of Joel, if you walk up to the soldiers, 
like just messing around once you've got control of the character like if you walk up to them and try and mess with them which i did just to see what would happen like they push you down they to the ground away, yeah. and if you do it again they'll shoot you in the head and then you have to restart a checkpoint <laughs> like it's it's gone to this much detail and like i felt like that's this section with bill was very much like i don't know i just i thought it gave the game a lot of a lot of heart a lot of depth yeah. as well yeah yeah I would agree with that with this section particularly. I think you learnt so much about the world in this section because it was very much what it done to relationships, how it had driven people apart, how some people had hope and others didn't have hope. And a lot of that was told without ever talking about it. It was through the notes she would find in the abandoned houses. It was just through Bill's demeanour. It was finding the little things about Frank, his partner, obviously yeah. how their relationship had been ruined by... Yeah by what had happened to them and like one wanting to leave, one wanting to stay and that driven them apart. I think mm. it, it did really, the attention to detail in this, well in the whole game, but particularly this section really built that foundation for the rest of the game. It, it just showed you how harsh a world it had become. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree with that. To be fair, Bill's Town is probably my favourite section of the game. Everything from when we arrive up until the bit where you've got to fucking dodge that sniper, which I fucking hate. Yeah. So this whole section for me is great, and I kind of liken it to, I feel as though Bill's Town is a metaphor for the world in that it's empty, it's dead, and it's dangerous. And that, for me, is what the world is outside of these walls that Bill has built. Um, so I really, really enjoyed it. And, and I liked it because, obviously, we've got the first sort of sense of humour here because, you know, Ellie and Bill are squaring off, you know, and she makes fun of his weight and stuff. And she says, you can lose a few pounds. And then, of course, she finds a porn mag and she's like, why are these pages stuck together? <laughs> <laughs> so it gave us sort of a, this sort of this mischievous side to Ellie who, you know, so far, She's been quite quiet. She may be a little bit bratty, but kind of seeing this funny side of her, just it starts to open up her character as well. So I, I, this whole section, I really, really like. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree, and I just I, I think as well that this section. There's other parts in the game that do this as well, but like one thing that I really love about Naughty Dog storytelling is that they never. Feel, there's so many computer games where they feel the need to be like to hit you over the head with what they're trying to tell you yeah. the narrative is. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Naughty Dog are really good at doing it almost very film-like, very cinematic-like. And oh, they, yeah. they, they just they let you figure it out for yourself and they don't need to be... Beating you over the head with it. Yeah, they don't need to... Like, it doesn't need to be in your face. They just let you figure it out yourself. Yeah. Um, and contextual storytelling and stuff like that. I just think it's, re- it's really clever. It's it's one of the things that really sets them apart. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah. And I think the fact that, like... Ellie's what 14 all she's known is you know this world yeah. this mm. world and I think some of the little remarks she makes and things that she picks up on that you know it's, it's you know you forget this a lot of normal life is unknown to her yeah yeah her innocence is really interesting throughout the game mm-hmm. like obviously I mean everyone makes jokes about you like can you not just fucking move your arms around and swim a little bit for fuck's sake <laughs> I know it's the apocalypse but there's still water and you're fucking pushing stuff about for her like that was oh, an overplayed mechanic but at the same it point like, it did sort of make sense yeah. The, yeah. the first time was fine when you've done it three times you're like ugh Aye. Yeah. yeah we get it you know <laughs> you know we get it <laughs> yeah so Bill very kindly as he owes Joel a favour helps them get a car fixes it up for them and they progress on their way they're ambushed at their next 
Court of Coal, and then we bump into Henry and Sam. Yes, yeah. obviously not with us for long, Henry and Sam, but it's one of these things, in games like this, when you meet new people, you always ask yourself, are these good guys at bad guys? Yeah. Do we know. trust them? Do we trust them? Yeah, because let's be honest, nine times out of ten, they're bad guys. But there's a scene with Henry and Sam that you quickly realise these are good people. It's when they're in a toy shop. Yeah. And Sam goes to, sorry, it's Henry, sorry, goes to take a toy and Sam stops him and says, we only take what we have to. So even yeah. in a fucking zombie, not zombie, in, a, in, a, in a, an infected, ravaged world, he's been told, don't take that toy, it's not yours. So immediately, you know, they're good people. And I like that scene. Um, and I think actually, I never noticed this at the time, but Ellie actually steals the toy for him, doesn't she? And gives yeah, it to him, does. you know, which, you know, so it just shows you that she's, she still can be a brat, you know, but um, <laughs> I thought it was a nice touch by her as well. Again, kind of showing that bit of her personality. I was actually going to bring that up because, so I don't know, I think I just did this off my own back because when I played through it, obviously I had to try and get all the trophies. So I, had to mm-hmm. do, I think I've played the game through about eight times. But so there is that scene, and then uh, when you leave that toy shop, then later on Ellie presents him with the toy. And when I went back and played it another time, I was like, "I'm going to see if you can see her taking that toy," because at the time you're controlling Joel, mm-hmm. and so at the time, if you stay with Ellie, and when she moves about, you move about with her, she starts acting shifty. And she keeps looking about and, she, and she'll say stuff like, I, th- I think she even says like, oh, um, you just go on ahead. But if you keep following her, she will not touch the toy. And it's only when you walk away she that, that, she, I, that you can then sort of see her taking it. <laughs> and cool. it's, such, it's such a small attention to deep bit of attention to detail. But like you, I can't, like I said, I didn't play that bit recently. But honestly, if you go back, it's so, like, I just remember being like, this is incredible mm. that they've went to the, these levels. Yeah. She just, like, she just starts going about and she hangs about the area where the toy is and she'll start, like, whistling or something like that. And she's just trying <laughs> to get a moment where yeah. nobody's looking to take it. Yeah. That's cool. What did you think of the of, of the, the deaths of the two of them? It was harsh. I mean, I mean, it, when you got to that scene where it happened, and you, you saw it coming, and I think, yeah. obviously, they had it, it, you had the parallels between the two relationships, and then you had almost the kind of nice parts of it where you seen Sam and Ellie, kind of that innocent of innocent of youth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and they were just being kids, and it was just so refreshing to see amongst this absolute hellhole. Yeah, um, it felt like a light and like a light yeah. in the darkness. Like it was yeah, really, yeah. I, I loved the section with the two of them in it. And then as you got to that stage where it's having the conversation around what happens when they die, and you're kind of like, right, what's coming here? And then that moment where he starts to turn, and you're like, oh no. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like you're sitting there going, I can't believe this is happening. You know, so like, this is what could happen with um, Ellie and Joel. This is what Joel might have to deal with and what you could expect to happen. And then as obviously then Sam turned around, is it, I'm, I'm going to get all the names mixed up here, um, and goes, this is all your fault, pointing the gun yes, at Joel. And yes. then, but you're very much like, and then he turns it and you're like, he's talking to himself. He knows yeah. very well. And you're just like, it's so hard. A harrowing you're like yeah you, th- you, you can understand what he he had no choice he could not live yeah. without that boy like that was yeah. his life yeah um and he took it 
Yeah. To yeah. be honest, I, 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 I've got quite a harsh feeling on this. I've got little sympathy. It's just because the scene before that when they abandon Joe and Ellie, you know, remember when Joe falls off the truck and they try to yeah. escape the horde and the two of them fuck off. I just thought, you dirty bastards. And what I actually liked about the scene was Ellie, it kind of shows how she's starting to grow already because obviously she jumps down with Joe. So she literally, she can run off with Sam and Henry at the safety, presumably, or jump down and be with Joe. Mm-hmm. So that was a, that, it was a little tweak to the start of her relationship with him. And then, of course, that then leads to, to Henry and, and Sam's death. So I didn't have any sympathy. I'm sorry. I know you're not supposed to say that, but I didn't. Oh, see, I did. Like, I... I... I get, I get what you're saying, like, and again, that sort of feeds into the sort of shades of grey thing, where I just think that, although I think they did have compassion, but they were just like, no, no, our most, the most important thing is that we stick together and we save ourselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is how we've got this far. But like, I don't know. I just the whole time, even though it seemed like you're like, right, okay, they must be nice, they must be nice, right mm-hmm. up until he shoots himself. I was like. I was waiting for them to turn. I think just because it Naughty Dog forced you into not trusting the world, mm-hmm. and yes. so it was only when he shot himself that I was like, "Oh, he's made that sacrifice because he needs to be with his brother." Yeah, yeah. And like that was the moment where I, I finally believed that they were good, and it was they were gone. <laughs> like, yeah. Yep, you're good, and you're gone. Because <laughs> they made such a huge impact for such a small section of the game that they were in, I think it it told so much of a story in itself, like their relationship. Yeah, they're really not with you long at all. No, no, no. It's it's yeah, it's it's it's, it's a quick couple of chapter or chapter or so that isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So by this point, we're now on to autumn or fall as they call it in America. Mm-hmm. Um, and they finally, Joel and Ellie, sorry, finally find Tommy in Jackson, Wyoming, um, where he's sort of assembled a settlement um, near a dam with his wife, Maria. Um, and Joel makes a decision, or thinks he's made a decision, to leave Ellie with Tommy, mm-hmm. which I think speaks, you know, about his character at that moment in time as well. Well, yeah, he's been yeah. tasked by a job, and to him, he's now completed that job. Mm. Yeah, like, Tommy is fireflies, isn't he? So yeah, so he's Joel at this point. I think is still seeing it as a transaction, yes. but he's learned at this point that it's now more than that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. it very much feels to me this is the point he's starting to try and protect himself because he, he feels that bond growing, and he mm-hmm. can't he can't quite deal with it at that point in time. Like he's very yeah. much like. I can feel this attachment coming. I've just seen what's happened with Henry and Sam, mm-hmm. and I can't go through that again. So I need mm-hmm. to pass her off to somebody else. I can't do it. Yeah, it's like he's he knows he's growing feelings, and he would rather just cut bait because he doesn't think he can withstand that heartbreak that again. Again, yeah, yeah. Now this is a section that I really liked. I actually wished it was a little bit longer because I liked that brotherly love because sort of the, the bit that I appreciated was. You know, Tommy and Joel clearly fell out. Tommy wanted to join the Fireflies. Uh, Joel was very much stay at home. As they've not seen each other for presumably a, a number of years. Yeah. And as soon as they see each other, they just embrace and they and they, and they put all the shit behind them and they go, "This is my brother." And I fucking love that. So I just think it's such a good written scene, well directed scene. And it's just a shame we don't get a little bit more with Tommy. Actually, I'd like to just maybe seen a bit more. Just them two shooting the breeze. What they've been doing for the last. You know, X amount of years rather, or here's my wife. It was all very quick, 
And of course, then the next scene is Ellie then steals a horse and, and runs away. Um, yeah. So just just like a little bit more between the two of them, but you know, I'm maybe asking a lot there. That's the thing. Like I think in our world, in the world that we live in, like if you have a fallout like that, like when you reconnect with someone, there could be a lot to talk through before you'd have an embrace like that. But I think because it's basically the apocalypse. Like when Joel turned up there, like if he hasn't seen Tommy for, I mean it's. It's definitely been, they don't allude to how long it's been, but it's been years. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, he has no idea that he's even still alive. Correct, so I think yeah. that w- yep. as soon as they see each other, I think any sort of hurt, like bad feelings they had towards each other would almost just be like, oh, fuck, he's alive. Yeah. And, it, he, and just yep. a big hug. And so it felt so fitting. Yeah. Yeah. But to, to the same extent, though, I think it was almost that you had that initial relief at, oh, they are still alive. And then I felt as as that scene probably went on, you could feel the tension come back into the relationship. You could maybe see the little bits kind of start, Definitely. the kind of jagged edges come back through as to why it maybe broke down in the first place. And then that, yeah. you know, over the next chapter or two, as kind of things progress with Ellie taking off, you could see the strain come back in rather than, it's not as if it was just suddenly always forgotten. It was that initial. Oh, I'm so glad you're still alive, but aye, you're still a cunt. Aye, oh yeah, definitely. Like that—that that we... was—that's the layers that you get from it. Like, the, the, like exactly as you say, the initial relief, and then it's like I fucking remember why I didn't like you. Yeah. Yeah. Do we think at this point Tommy's starting to think that Joel's overcompensating Ellie with Sarah? I think there's definitely a hint of it. Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't sure myself if that's what he was getting at or not. I think he's certainly got a. a an inkling that that could happen, and I think yeah. he's trying to warn against it. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're probably right enough. Yeah. So this next bit was obviously Ellie then running away, and thankfully, obviously, Joel finds her. And Alex, I was kind of keen to get your understanding of the next scene, which is when they obviously they have the two of them obviously have this sort of big argument, and that's where you know Joel says to her, "You know, you're damn right. I'm not your father." Kind of what does kind of you and I think we disagreed in a little discussion about the scene, didn't we? I mean, I, I, I think for me, there was very much he meant it, and I, I think there was almost a bit there. There's, there's as much of him trying to push her away as there is trying to protect himself, but at the same time, it's very much that kind of parental child argument where there's pure feeling there as well. So you almost have every layer of situation in that yeah. one argument. Um, he seems very confused, doesn't he? Yeah. It's like he's almost battling with his feelings. Like it's the first, like like I said earlier when you said about how he's dead inside. It's almost as if like he has been dead inside for so long, and now he's having this flush, like this rush of emotions where it's like fear that something might have happened to her, anger that she'd ran away, like scared that something like all these different yeah. emotions come flooding in and he just doesn't know how to deal with them because he's not felt anything in so long because yeah. it was yeah. it was almost before you got to that point as well now i might just get all my timeline slightly mixed up here but it's when he was having those conversations with tommy and tommy came to him and tried to give him the picture of sarah mm-hmm. and he couldn't mm-hmm. take it and i think yeah. that just showed how much he still he hadn't still, dealt with that broken. yeah yeah and, and and the fact that he couldn't take that picture, he wasn't pleased to get some sort of memento of his daughter back. I think it just brought too much pain to him, showed you how much he was still hurting. And I yeah. think that all started to play out perfectly from that point. Um, and there was very much that feeling in there when he was having that conversation and argument with Ellie and probably as much to the same extent, like why... He was absolutely infuriated with her for putting herself in that kind of risk by running off in the first place. 
Yeah, um, yeah. I just, yeah. I just figured I didn't. I just my impression was that he, he didn't say that to be, to be an arse, to be a cunt to her. I figured that he was doing it because he knew that he couldn't get close to her, and I think he that was just him push keeping her at arm's length, literally, you know. So, but it was a huge. It was a, it was a powerful, powerful scene that, and um, obviously in, in the remake, I think they nailed that scene. And also, there's a there's a, there's a video online when. The, the two actors did that scene on stage and it's a brilliant scene seeing them actually act I was really really good yeah I remember that yeah Troy and Ashley so yeah um, I, I just I really liked that scene I, I know that uh, Chris in the discord it was kind of his favourite scene in the game as well so I think it just says a lot about kind of where he is and I suppose as well where she is as well because she does you know she does say to him you're all that I have left you know, because mm-hmm. obviously she's she's an orphan. We forget that she's an orphan herself yeah. in this mm-hmm. world. You know, her mum and dad are dead. You know, she's you know she's got no one apart from him. So yeah, it's a lot. Of, certainly a lot of emotions going on there. Fucking naughty dog can write a story, can't they? Christ, <laughs> yeah. God, they're good, man. Yeah. So Tommy then sort of directs them to a fire flat fire flies um, area at the University of Eastern Colorado, but they find that abandoned and learn yes. that they've moved on to Salt Lake City. Yes, right. we arrive at the university and Joe gets what we think is near mortally wounded, but this is where Ellie fucking steps up big style. You know, she's carrying him. She's like, can you walk? Fucking walk. You know, she's going mental at him. You know, and this is where I think you start to see her love for him is is now kind of gone, you know, or, 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 or is right at the end. You know, this is where she's... Kind she's of forced to show it, isn't she? Yes. She's forced to show how much she cares. Yep, yeah. And it's it's honest, I, I kind of felt like it was probably the most brutal section of the game. Fuck like, see, Because you're just like, I remember just like picking up a brick and you're just like like smashing folks' heads in and stuff. Like, she just, like, she almost like enters like fucking, like hulks up. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Psychoville, yeah. But it's like that perfect arc at this point as well, though, because yes. Joel's, Joel's kind of been, I almost said Joel's been grooming her, but that's not the... That's not the <laughs> That's not what I'm trying to say here. He's been kind of. Joel's a nonce. You heard it here first. Yeah. He's he's been coaching her. He's been along. He's been kind of. She's been a little Padawan. um, Kind of learning to survive as they're getting. And this is the stage where she really needs to step up and take everything that he's taught her and protect the two of them. And it's such a switch in pace and a switch in. I think yeah. the way once you take over as her and you you kind of you get that initial feeling is like is Joel actually still alive? Because the way it kind of goes, you you think he might be dead, um, yeah. Yeah. and then you have that whole section where you're chasing around the fucking deer. Oh fuck off, like, man! Oh, <laughs> just going to take me to where you want me to go. If I ever meet um, Neil Druckmann, I'm telling, I'm bringing that shit up. I'm going to say, what the fuck were you thinking putting that deer scene in? By the way. <laughs> Jesus, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I agree with what you're saying, Alex. Because at this point, when you know, because obviously Ellie steps up, she kills a few guys, she gets Joel out of there, and obviously that's where the scene ends. And now you're controlling Ellie with no information in between. So the the initial assumption is, fuck, Joel's dead. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's, no, there's no reason to think he's he survived that. You know, he's been impaled, and you're now controlling Ellie. So the assumption is he is dead. And this was course, like back to an uncharted moment. Wait, yeah. What they did, what was saying earlier that they did, where they actually, where they turned the tables back and went, "Ah, no, he's not. He's all right. Uh, okay. He's all right." Yeah. Well, obviously, they, we only find out that he is alive. Obviously, we then meet David, obviously, which is our next big scene. And when she asks him for medicine, and you know, ah, that's for Joel. 
that's how you realise, isn't it? Up yeah. Until then. Yeah. yeah. To you be know? fair, I think just before that, she kills a rabbit, and I'm sure she makes a little comment like, "Oh, that's not going to be enough or something," which makes yes. you go, "All right, okay, so there's either she's with somebody else or it's Joel." Like, mm. um, but yeah, you're right. Um, yeah, it's not clear until the, she asks for medicine and is willing to sort of again step up and really threaten these two men that she's never met before and you know i just i can't imagine a 14 year old girl like standing up the way she does but like you say she's been groomed Groomed. (laughs) (laughs) it's a coming of age moment (laughs) and then she met david and it nearly was Uh, Uh, exactly uh, what, what about that then like Obviously, every, a lot of things in the last of us are left op- open to interpretation, yeah. but he was going to rape her. Eh? Oh, absolutely, yeah, one hundred percent. Like it was absolutely shining out of him that he was a deviant as soon as he met him. You could just <laughs> tell. Yeah, do you know what? Absolute hundred percent no. sex offender. I don't know. I'm. I'm he bla- he almost spells it out. I mean, they were like cannibals. No. Like, yeah, yeah. I, but that's not. He wasn't wanting to eat her arm. No, 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 no. I, I, I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure with David, right? I genuinely wasn't. And uh, fun fact, he was uh, it's uh, it's the voice of Drake, by the way. It's um, mm-hmm. Nolan North. Nolan North, thanks for the. I swear to God, Donny, see if you sit here and stick up for this guy. Like this is not going to bode well for you. No, it's more about Donny, isn't it? You've got a reputation no. already. <laughs> no, no, right. I'm not defending him. What the point I was making badly there was I wasn't sure if he's a good guy or a bad guy because there's a scene where. Remember, obviously, she's got the she's got the bow and arrow. She takes her rifle off him, and then they get attacked by by the clickers and, and the other infected. And he pulls a second gun out, and she goes, "You had a gun the whole time." And he goes, "Well, yeah." And that's where I had my doubt because you go, "Well, if he was a bad guy, he could have just shot her." So why didn't? Oh shoot? no, see, that's the doubt. He's not into necrophilia. <laughs> <laughs> no, see that. See that's that where that, that's where that was a sign to me. That's a proper bad guy because I think if he was a good guy, he's more likely to have shot her if he's seen her as a threat. Whereas the fact he's playing along with her and trying to play her to me just so no, that's 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 another level of bad guy there. Yeah, it's deviant, isn't it? Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, that's the thing. That's the beauty of it. it can be taken in so many different yeah. ways. Yeah, like it, it really can. And like at the end, it is once again kill or be killed yeah and it's well, as he kind of pieces like that gives her the little nuggets of information to oh show like God, he's on to you um and it's like as he talks about like her and joel taking out his men and stuff yes. and then you can kind of see it in her eyes yeah mm-hmm. that like, scene is unbelievable man what a writing that is it's just yeah. so good alex yeah i love it and the thing is here is this for me this is this is the this is the theme of the whole game and the theme of the sequel is is that david's starting to tell her you know this man and a young girl killed my men and you start to realize oh shit he's after me here and this is where for me the game deals with consequences and this is where you reap what you sow and it's mm-hmm. the and it's and it's the consequence of your actions what you have done has led to this moment and of course that's the theme obviously of the sequel as well obviously the you know the consequence of, of joe's actions obviously why abby's after him and it, for me it's a huge powerful scene this because it's like well do you know what yes yes it's the apocalypse but you can't just fucking get away with murder because you want to there's going mm-hmm. to be consequences to your action and it's a huge scene i love it mm-hmm. yeah no i'd agree with that yep and of course we then go to fucking cannibal mansion don't we jesus <laughs> yeah it's something in a minute <laughs> Wow. But but yeah, then you, you could you could turn that on its head again, right? And you're saying, oh, they're cannibals and this and that. But then how else are they to survive? They might have been... No well, listen, Alex, I, I'd be eating you in a pocket. I don't mean that in a good way either. 
you had me excited there, Donny. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but that's it. I mean, even early on, like I mean, just dipping back quickly to the the sort of twenty years later scene. Like, if you look about, they're selling rats. Yeah. For mm-hmm. for food, and yeah. then there's a bit where you go over and there's a dog, and they're like, "Oh, all these dogs are spoken for. Come back next week, and we'll have some more dogs." Uh, and like yeah. that's for food. Mm-hmm. Like so, I mean, look, we can sit here and get high and mighty, but that's what it would come to, wouldn't it? I mean, if it's yeah. if it's an apocalypse and there's nothing else left, then folk are going to do what they have to do to survive. I suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dog eat dog, man eat man. I suppose. Eh? Yep. Mm-hmm. Eat giraffe. <laughs> yeah, so Joel finally recovers from his wounds just in time to reach Ellie um, as she is That's absolutely slaughtering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> full tonto. Yeah, David's That's a mental with a machete, scene. I think it is, isn't it? Um, so yeah, then they flee, and it turns to spring. Beautiful spring. Beautiful spring in Salt Lake City. Um, however, it doesn't last very long because Ellie is. As you mentioned, can he fucking swim? Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> yeah. so she almost drowns. Yeah, for the amount of time that they waste with him trying to find bits of wood for her to go over and stuff like that, they could have yeah. just been. He could have just been like, right, we're going to take, it. we're going to take a half day, and I'll teach you how to swim. Yeah, or lie on your back, and I will just pull you along the water like you can do with any fucking human being. You know, just lie in the water, Ellie. It's fine. Just lie back. And drag you along. Yeah. Correct. Yes. Yes. That, that was probably one of the most tedious elements of the game, though. I mean, oh, definitely. This game. See, see, even you had to go and find a fucking crate. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, where's the crate now? Oh, I need to. I need to dive, and it's going to be stuck in here and stuck oh, in the roof, and I'm going yeah. to need to get it through this wee space. I'm like, there was too much of that. Yeah, there, there, was a, there was a comment I saw once about Uncharted 2 that it said that the, the, the boss battle at the end didn't make sense. Uncharted didn't need a boss battle, and I feel like The Last of Us didn't need a fucking puzzle. You yeah, know? yeah. And yeah, you're right. And it almost, to be honest with you, it kind of, that's a bit that kind of maybe ruined the pacing a little bit as well. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, I think that Naughty Dog spent a lot of The Last of Us trying to disguise the fact that it was a game. Like, it was a game and you were playing it, but it was a cinematic experience. Yeah. And it was during those moments that it just sort of came back and hit you like a brick to the face. Not as yeah. a game. And here's here's <laughs> a daft puzzle that you don't fucking want to do. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, this the whole kind of spring scene as well, I think, is nice. Because this is where, for me, Joel now fully sees Ellie as... I don't want to say he sees her as Sarah. I mean, he just sees her as, as her own person, but certainly as as... as his daughter, you could say, because they're having oh, really nice conversations. They're talking about the, the old world. They're talking about the future. I'm sure. I'm sure there's a conversation about you know what would you what would what did you do in in the real world back in the day and things like that. What did you want to do? And there was a conversation about fishing and boats. They're having this really nice conversation as well. Yeah. So their relationship has just changed after after that sort of David scene. That's when they just sort of propelled their sort of love for each other in a non-creepy way, Alex, yeah. by the way. Yeah, well, there's always a little bit of creepiness in there. But yeah. I, I, I think just even just not slightly from that David scene, as you mentioned, though, I mean, that is the point that, you know, like nobody's turning back from anything here because that's away. the point at which Ellie's never recovering from what, what she's gone through and it's always the point in that whole scene as you kind of are jumping between Ellie and... Um, Ellie and Joel to see yeah. like is he going to get there is he going to and that is the bit that builds and cements that relationship as that scene um, yeah. in that situation and now when you get to this stage it's very much like 
he loves her, she loves him, yeah. they are planning their future together in a parent-child way, as you say, not in a happy way. Glad like you clarified that. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is very much you have reached the other end of that arc. Like, yes. this is now where we've got to, and it's now you're very much in your head, right, how does this finish now? Are, we now, are they now accepting each other and this is all going to go tits up because you've now got almost that little bit of happiness and joy out of the fact that she's healed a little bit, she's found something that she needs and you kind of want it to work in mm-hmm. some way for them. You want a little kind of seed of happiness coming out of this and there's very yeah. unlikely to be one, but that's where it's kind of taken you. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. everyone, everyone loves a happy ending. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I got the impression. So, like as we said, like I, I got through most of the game thinking like Joel was just dead inside. But like, yeah. I think in the lead up to him getting injured, he's clearly starting to develop a sort of parental bond with Ellie. But I do feel that he's almost holding back because he doesn't want to put himself out there when he knows that it's not going to be reciprocated as well. Yeah. And I think that after all that Ellie did for him, saving his life looking after him, bringing him back to health, like showing that she loved him. I think that was what then allowed him to be like, yes, because he, he knew that she felt the same way. Yeah. And so he allowed himself to be like, yes, I am your father figure. That was way too Darth Vader there. But... Sorry, Alex, you had to go. I was just going to say, but it was to that point that I made earlier around that picture, and it was around this time that Ellie had taken the picture that Joel wouldn't accept, and she was able to to give him that picture, and he was able to accept it to show how much he had then healed, is probably the best way of putting it. I mean, yeah. he's never going to heal, but he's at Found least accepted what had happened. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> traded her in. Yeah. <laughs> it's not funny. Yeah, <laughs> cheers. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you were saying there, uh, Craig, obviously about like his sort of fatherly act, fatherly arc, sorry, because like you think about sort of in the beginning, there's a scene where there's him and Tess is still alive at this point, and Nelly knocks something over, and, he, and Joel's like, "Oh, Tess," as in you know, Tess sort her out type of thing, you know, mm. and then and then they won't let her have a gun and things. He's really protect. He's, he's I don't want to say protective, but just like, doesn't doesn't trust her at that point. And of course, he starts to change. You know, I remember he says to her when, when they're with Bill in the car, and it's like, "Well, Ellie, you're doing a good job and stuff." You know, you start to kind of pay her some compliments. You know, so he started to change little bits at that point. But that's kind of where obviously now where we are at the hospital, where he's in full dad mode. And I think this is probably my kind of favorite. I don't know, most picturesque sort of scenes. Mm. I think like when the giraffes and stuff are there, mm-hmm. and yeah, yeah, I don't know. I just that visually, I think that was my most enjoyable bit to play through that bit's like a jurassic park moment yeah <laughs> seeing the first jurassic park when he takes the glasses off and he's like a oh, fucking dinosaur <laughs> <laughs> like it's almost it's almost if they actually took it from that like if it's, he's got this there's almost the same sort of oh my god yeah, yeah. it's that almost it's like it's that oh my god it's a giraffe like where the fuck's a giraffe come from I know. Um, how, how have they survived exactly uh, how's somebody not taking a bite out of that yeah, well yeah <laughs> if, if they're all eating each other why are they not eating the giraffe i know but it's just it's that and you, you can get that that nice moment again when you see the giraffes it's almost like oh serenity 
oh, we can just relax for a wee minute. Oh, look how pleased Ellie is to see a giraffe. Look how excited she is. After she'd probably really gone back into her shell by that point and become mm-hmm. very, very standoffish and probably that she was becoming a proper teenager at that point, and, which is understandable yeah. given everything she'd been through. But I think it just it was that light moment and that sense of relief and a little bit. There's still some good out there somewhere. Yeah. I'd honestly, I'd be interested to know if, and it wouldn't surprise me if they did this, but like they made the script and then they had, like, say, three or four nice moments that they wanted to break up the just the despair that was mm. the story. Mm. And if they maybe made the story and then at, looked at it as a whole and went, right, at what point is it getting so grim <laughs> that we need yeah. to just insert a little palate cleanser here just, yeah. to, just to show that we're going to be all right. Yeah, and Sarah Giraffe here. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like, I wonder if that's how it was done. Roland Jeffrey. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the things go a bit tits up at this point because they <laughs> both get captured by the fireflies and then Marlene reappears and obviously tells Joel that Ellie's been prepared for surgery, which, you know, is a moment for Joel and the realisation actually about what's going to happen now. Mm-hmm. And yes, she's going to yeah. Have a brain basically removed. Yes. Yeah. yeah. By the way, did anyone else? Did anyone else here think here? Why did Marlene not just take Ellie if it was that easy? Ah, because she's already there. So ah, did yeah. she get a fucking helicopter there or oh, what? Like, yeah. it's taking him a fucking year. Mm-hmm. I think they set it up in that because she was injured at the beginning, she needed mm-hmm. some time to heal, and I think I don't know. She was just quite keen to get Ellie to where she needed to be yeah. as soon as possible. But mm-hmm. yeah, you're right. Like it, you know. She maybe trusted Joel to get her there more than she trusted herself yeah. to make it yeah. there, and then it turns out she took the easy road. Yeah, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, hearing that because again, we at this point, as as the viewer and as the gamer didn't realise that she was going to have to sacrifice. I don't believe. I certainly didn't think that, or certainly assume that. Um, there, was so. a scene, there was a scene earlier where it was made out like they just needed to take blood. Because mm-hmm. Ellie actually says, so are they, they going to take blood from me? Or, and Joel's like, I think so, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not exactly word for word that, but it's it's implied that like they would yes. be taking blood from her, not fucking scalping her. Yeah, not her, yeah. You always got that kind of sense of dread, though. Oh, extent. And, yeah. and even when you went back to the university and some of the testing and like when you were finding some of the voice recorders and the tape mm-hmm. the, yeah. the tape recorders and kind of listening back to some of that you're like hmm mm. this maybe isn't going to be that nice but where we end up and yeah yeah, yeah. But yes. I mean, so that we've this is it's all been kind of leading to here. This is the most contentious part of <laughs> yeah. like the game, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, what what do you think of the ending? So, Alex, mm-hmm. we'll go to you first. What do you? How do you interpret the ending? Who do you interpret? How do you interpret the characters coming out of the ending? I mean, you're very much like I can completely understand how it played out. Like he's he's gone through so much to create and kind of heal and to form this bond with Ellie, and he's remembering and seeing everything he's gone through, seeing what happened with Henry and Sam, remembering the losses that he's suffered, just healing from that loss of Sarah, and then he's suddenly faced with this: I'm going to lose her again, and I'm good for the whether it's for the greatest the greatest good and whether it's for the benefit of mankind that doesn't matter he's Mm. very much like i physically can't survive that this happens so for me that was very much the decision i can't survive without her but in the same time whereas 
with Henry and Sam, then they couldn't survive without each other. And that decision was kind of taken out of their hands. They're like, well, I'm going to. He was very much like, well, I'm going to stop this from happening because I yeah. can't survive without her rather than me go to. Um, and then obviously the way they kind of ends once he has rescued her, for want of a better term, because I'm not sure if it is really a rescue, you'd almost say it's a kidnapping to a certain extent. But it, <laughs> Joel it, is an absolute creep, clearly, you know, and he yeah. was kid, kidnapping children as well. <laughs> well, yeah, but you can then understand his actions after that when you get to that end scene. And, like, there's only one answer he can give Ellie when she asks that question, oh, whether she believes I. that or not. There's no way he can say that he did what he did in the way that he did it because the relationship would never be the same again. Yeah. Oh, definitely not. Yeah. yeah. So, so, and your and your perception is is Joel the bad guy, Alex? Aye. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he's he's a bad guy in a very unsafe and a he's a bad guy for want of having feelings and caring. So it, it's he's not an out and out bad guy. He's not. Mm-hmm. A deviant, as I would describe the other ones. Yeah. He's, he's not. He's not out there to do bad and to do wrong by people. He's just very much like he. He's found some happiness and he needs to hold on to that in whatever ways he can. If that makes him a bad bad guy, then so for the fact he's mm-hmm. sacrificed the rest of humanity to a certain extent, or any shot at the rest of humanity continuing, then obviously the makes him a little bit bad in my book. But I can understand his decisions. Mm-hmm. What, about, what about you, Donny? How do you interpret it? So obviously Joel gets told that she's going to die, and then it's obviously in his head. It's like the um, the, the scene in Kill Bill that music was like. <laughs> Jess, you should edit that that tune in by that weekend. Yeah, thanks for that. Yeah. So Joel goes full fucking mental. He obviously you know he tortures that guy, stabs him in the dick, doesn't he, a couple of times to get the information where Ellie is. You know, so he he just loses it at this point, and this is where I think we see. Joel's selfishness because ultimately there's no two ways about it. It is a selfish decision. Mm-hmm. He puts his self slash Ellie before the fate of the world. Now, I do agree. There's a there's a valid point here that he doesn't know, and the fireflies don't know that by doing this procedure will make a fucking ounce of difference. There's no guarantees. He's not been given a guarantee. There's no assurances you're in a world where you're working in a fucking rundown hospital. So there's no guarantees this works. So I do see that side of the argument as well um and ultimately for me as a man with a 10 year old daughter and chris in the discord made the same point he's got a daughter at ellie's age you're fucking right you're doing the same thing as well regardless of whether it's selfish regardless whether it's wrong regardless whether it leads to the consequences of last of us part two fucking right as a father i'm doing the same thing but i i I get that point but is it his decision to make no but you're a father and if that's, if, that's, oh, but, if, that's, if that's your child on that, you're doing the same, surely. But you can stop it from happening and bring it back and then you can have that honest discussion with her at that age, not being her father and accepting that you're not her father and make, let her make the decision herself. I mean, she's, she's what, almost yeah. 15 by this point? Am I, am I jumping out or is she just 14? But... No, she, yeah, yeah, she's about, about that, yeah, yeah. The thing is, I think at this point, Ellie, Ellie's so, no, she's not innocent, but Ellie's so good-natured that she would have said do it. There's no way that Ellie would have said, "Oh, I'm going to die." No, don't do this. She would have had. She would have had the bravery because she's such a brave girl from start to finish. She would have told them to carry on doing it. And I think Joel knew that. There's no fucking way he was giving her the decision. Yeah. So interestingly, I 
I was expecting uh, there to be fucking grenades getting flung around here uh, <laughs> based on what we think. But I think we, we do have a kind of similar stance. Like, mine leans, I think, even more towards Joel. Like, for all intents and purposes, to me, as they go into that hospital, he is now her dad. Like, mm-hmm. a year has passed. He is her guardian at this point to me. Mm-hmm. And she was put under. I mean, she hadn't obviously been operated on yet, but she'd been put under, and she was not told what the procedure was. So the Fireflies did not trust her enough to make her own decision. They were just going to do it without even telling her. So to me, I, I genuinely don't think Joel is the bad guy. Like, I'm not saying he didn't make the decision for selfish reasons. He obviously didn't want to lose Ellie, but at the same point, I don't think she's old enough that she should be making that decision. Correct. Like in, in the world just now... She can make send, a decision, yeah. You send a 14-year-old girl in there, is it all right if we kill you? They're not allowed for that, to make that no, decision. No, no. Like, no, she's, she's a minor. And, like... I get the bit at the end where like Joel's lied to her, and people people will say, "Oh, that he's the scumbag because he lied to her." To me, he is, it is. I'm not saying it wasn't for a selfish reason, but he's also trying to protect her. Yeah, yes. because Absolutely. he doesn't want her to have to live with the fact that she could have possibly saved the world and hasn't. And well, she hasn't because he hasn't allowed her to. So it's, so it's for his selfish reasons he's lied to her. So I don't forget. Well, perhaps, yeah, it's definitely partly his selfish reason. But at the same point, he's trying to look after her. Like, I mean, see the amount of people that I've talked about this ending and they say, but she was going to save the world. Like you said, Donnie, there's you absolutely don't. no fucking, I mean. No proof of that at all. Not, absolutely none. Like, the, the, well, just the because only... she can't turn, she's got the cure in her head. Yeah. That's yeah, a yeah. one in a million shot. Aye, and that an hospital assumption. was run down to fuck. Oh, fuck she, probably wouldn't even, she probably wouldn't even have survived the first scalpel. <laughs> like, I mean, just absolute madness. Like, yeah. there was loads of things. Like, and I remember listening to an interview with Neil Druckmann, and he sort of alluded to, no, no, um, they definitely could have saved the world. And you're like, ah, well, you didn't make that clear. No. And I'll, I'll be interested to see if that's altered in any way in the remake, mm-hmm. because they alluded to there was collectibles that you picked up, and they said or they sort of indicated that it would work. That's not like, some. But I'm sorry, theory. exactly. That's yeah. an, that's a theory. Yeah. She's the only girl that's came along that's immune. You've never even met her, let alone cut her open, and you're giving it a hundred percent that she can save the world. I'm having none of it. Yeah. Like if that was my daughter, I'd have murdered every single person in that hospital. <laughs> Oh, and, I'd have done the ex- and I'd have done the exact same thing that he did because I wouldn't have been willing to put that on her head after it. Yeah. And I mean, I completely agree with what you're saying and I think it goes back down to that same thing we've been saying all along is what is good and bad in this game? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, is he a bad guy? No, he's not a bad guy. He's a guy that cares. Has he made the wrong choice? Who knows? I mean, maybe. Uh, uh, maybe, maybe not. And there was no guarantee it was going to work. And the best thing you could say, there's a better chance that you would have found a cure by doing the procedure than not doing a procedure. I don't yeah. think you can argue with that. Well, oh, definitely. It's uh, 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 still, but you can completely understand and justify what he did. I mean, so yeah. does that make him a bad guy? Well, well that's debatable. But You can justify it as a parent. Yeah. But I yeah. don't think morally you can't justify it because there's still that what if. That's the thing. As a parent, there I is. justify it. There is, but I don't think, yeah. I mean, it's not even just a parent, but like, would you, like, should you be willing to end someone else's life without their prior consent on the off chance that it helps other people? 
and like it's just... yeah but i mean joel can't technically give consent because he's not her father in reality and mm-hmm. from but he's the closest to it well and she's a minor but marlene supposedly brought her up from when she was younger so she's technically had a longer time with her although yeah. it's not really Palace boy, yeah you know I, I don't think the relationship's discussed and perhaps you know she has been through a lot more with joel in the yeah. year that they've been together but you know joel can't so why why didn't marlene tell ellie what was happening then well, uh, yeah, she's I'm a not... young girl. How, how, it's how can you absolutely, tell a young girl it's just that? it's just deceiving and backhanded. She's just like, I was not telling my mother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think that's given the world that they're in, uh, I can see fully see why she did that. You're never going to tell her the truth that she's basically a fucking human sacrifice for a theory more than anything. But the question, I suppose, is is that you know Joel's decision at the end. Now, picture Joel wasn't Joel. Picture he was a random guy that's never had any kids, so he's got no attachment there. Would that single man that spent a year with her have made the same decision? Has Joel made that decision purely as a father and not as anything else? I think if it was me, I still wouldn't have been willing to hand over a a 14-year-old girl to be murdered. Like, Mm. see, one thing, like, see when people call Joel the bad guy, one of the things that I've often thought to myself, and obviously this is just purely hypothetical. I mean, the guy's a polygon, you know what I mean? He's not a real guy. As much as Naughty Dog do a great job of making you feel like he is. I mean, I would. I know you would. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, I always think to myself, like, in that moment, if, say, if Joel could have sacrificed himself instead of Ellie for the greater good to try and save the world, would he have done it? And I think he would. I think he would have done it in a heart. Hundred percent. And to me, that that is the that's why he's not a bad guy. He just I'm wasn't sure willing to by sacrifice that someone would else. Have, though. Do you think? I feel that's. I feel almost, and I mean, it, and it's one of those things like that whole survival instinct and finding something mm. to survive for as he alluded to and I think the dialogue was something like surviving was it surviving is such a I'm sure I've written this down. The struggled for such a long time of surviving but you keep finding something to fight for. Mm. And I feel like at this point he's just found something to fight for again. So I'm not sure after having found that fight and if it was a direct choice between one or the other, then yeah, I think he would have chosen himself over her. But yes. I could still see him actually making that decision. No, I found something to fight for here and I want to fight and I want to live and I want that little bit of happiness. I'm not sure he would have actually sacrificed himself either at that point. It's certainly possible. And I mean, if if that is your conclusion, then I think then he's definitely this selfish guy. Uh, and I can definitely see more of the bad bleeding in. Like, I mean, it's like I said, it's totally open to interpretation. So mm-hmm. yeah, I almost look at it that way. And if, if you think that he would have done that, which I mean, by all accounts, he may have, then yeah, he's he's just completely fucked it. And I mean, I, you've got to think as well that see in this world, it's been twenty years. There's some people that would almost be like, "It's a shit world," but this is my world now, and mm-hmm. I don't know if I could. It's like people that have been in jail for twenty years, and they're like, "I couldn't acclimatize to the outside world." Mm-hmm. Yeah, like this is my world now, and I'll just stick with this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. all all, that's all, all right. order is gone as well, isn't it? You know, and I think. You know, you said that you don't know if Joel is the bad guy. I'm, I'm not suggesting that Joel is the bad guy, as in he's the antagonist. But Joel yeah. is a bad guy for sure, and, and I will, I will, I will always think that, and you'll never change yeah. my mind that he's not a bad person. Of course, he oh, I think is. they all are. But ultimately, we've said this word twenty five times in the last hour or so, and it's survival. You yeah. can't, you can't just sit and just stand there and take it. And for twenty years, you've got mm-hmm. to fight back. And yeah, it's. I, I don't think. 
I don't think the story plays out any differently on screen, whether it's a movie, whether it's a video game, or in real life. I think if this was real, I think the events from start to finish would almost play out a hundred times over. Same yeah. people, same type of people, same type of enemies, same type of cannibals, you name it. All these things would all happen. And it's depicted in every zombie fucking apocalypse film you've got, isn't it? It's all the same yeah. idea, isn't it? All the bad guys are all the same, so, yeah. It's going to be very, very interesting to see the TV show, I think. Yeah. Like it, it's, it's got the... If it's done right and given the calibre of actors that are in it i think it has a good chance given the budget behind it i think it's got a very good chance like this i think it could be a real smash hit because the story is strong enough to is make this, it the story is strong enough but the problem is zombies well i know it's not a zombie i know it's infected the zombie trope has been done and it's been yeah. done to death that's my concern yeah, that is for me, yeah for me what's saving it you've mentioned already the, the actors are fucking superb but the second thing that's saving it for me is hbo HBO don't make bad programs. Mm-hmm. No. Every big show in the last 25 years has been HBO behind it. So for me, I think it'll get done right. If, see, if it was on Netflix, it'd be fucking shit. If it was Amazon oh, 100%. Prime, it wouldn't be fucking terrible. But because it's HBO and they're putting huge money behind it, I think it'll be good. Is it not the second most expensive show ever made? Like, I'm sure they, they said it was eight figures per episode. That's quite normal <laughs> these days. You know, you know this, they, I'm, I'm sure they said it was the second... There was a, a report that said it was the second most expensive behind the last season of Game of Thrones or something. Uh, like it wouldn't surprise me, you know. But you think no. back, e- ER in the nineteen nineties was costing like eight million dollars an episode back then. That mm. was nearly thirty years ago, you know. So it would take some serious money getting thrown at this show. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, we've kind of obviously touched obviously on the story. Um, yeah. Just I suppose let's just kind of talk about a few other kind of positives and negatives of the game. Obviously, the voice acting, I would say. Oh. Amazing, yeah. Ashley Johnson and Troy Baker. Yeah, yeah. the emotion so... they managed to get in there is incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I loved all the like uh, optional conversations and stuff like that. It was again as a trophy hunter, a bit annoying because you had to <laughs> fucking <laughs> miss one. Yeah, uh, but I mean they were. It was so cool. Like it's another thing that Naughty Dog do so well is that like contextual storytelling. Like in so many other games, like especially like back at the point when this came out, like the story was like ninety five percent told during cutscenes, whereas that's just not the case here. Mm-hmm. Like it's 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 done through conversations as you're playing the game. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, I I can't I can't disagree with that. I thought that the voice actor was superb. I mean, obviously, you know what you're getting with Troy Baker. Let's be honest. The, the guy is um, he's, he's a legend at this game. And I thought Ashley Johnson was absolutely brilliant. Um, I really like her. Same, same. She's kind of got that unique voice as well. Yeah. Um, she actually sounds like Ellie in real life, which obviously Troy Baker sounds nothing like Joe. Yeah. So it's, quite, yeah. it's weird. It's, do you know what? That, that, I mentioned that, that video, and anyone listening should try and watch that stage show of them. Um, because watching Troy Baker do Joe is so fucking strange. Yeah. Because they're polar opposites in terms of people, you know. Uh, but it's good. Troy uh, Baker's done that many voices at this point. I don't even know if he knows which ones uh, is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're probably right enough to be honest with you. Yeah, it's a bit like Bart Simpson and Nancy Cartwright. Like you just yeah. don't really Yeah. <laughs> you're like, wait, what? It's a female? <laughs> I only found that out about five years ago. No, you didn't. No, I did that. No, oh, you come didn't. On. Bullshit. Oh, this is like this is like blue waffle all, all, all over again. This oh, is, this oh, is oh, fuck it. way to fucking lower the tone, man. Jesus Christ! Oh, nonsense! You think, oh, you just you fucking you warn them. For, it's fifteen minutes we spent warning them before we hit the cord, and he gets this far in and he fucks it. 
Five years. What a I was, it was it was maybe longer than that, but it was ah. a long time. I mean, I was a massive Simpsons fan, and it was long after I stopped watching it that I found <laughs> out. No. Honestly. Oh, no. Any <laughs> negatives? The water. The water. <laughs> the water, the, the, the chasing the deer, the stupid puzzle. Yeah. In fact, do you, know, do you know what was a negative to me? It was, and don't get me wrong, I get why they done it. The Ellie couldn't be seen by the enemies. So, like, you would be in stealth and you'd be sneaking about and all of a sudden she would just run out into the middle of the room and be like, oh, there's ammo over here or something like that. And it would be right in front of people and they just wouldn't see her. And don't be wrong, I get why they did it because if you were trying to be in stealth and And she fucks it and you're like, oh, my God, I've got no control over this. But, like, I almost wish, like, they had, not every time, but some of the time, did the old Resident Evil 4 formula where it was like, you wait here. And I'll go and clear that area, mm. like just mm-hmm. so that it like it wasn't as obvious. Because so many times she would fucking run out into the middle of the room and start fucking doing circles in front um. of somebody, and you'd be like, <laughs> "I was really immersed in this." Yeah, well, I'm sure there'll be some questions at the end about the remake. There's bound to be, but that's the mm. one thing they've said in the remake that they are fixing is the AI, and yeah. that was an example that was given because obviously it's fixed in part two. Yes. Um, and, and you're right, that, that AI is annoying. And you saw that in a lot of games. And that, it happens in Uncharted as well. Um, mm-hmm. when, you're, when, you're, when you're controlling uh, Nate and Elena goes running out as well. So it does happen in, in other games. There was nothing quite as annoying just when you mentioned Uncharted. Those the bloody jet skis in Uncharted. But... Oh, God. <laughs> Honestly, I get the platinum in that game and see doing that in crushing difficulty. Oh, it was the most frustrating thing ever. I think I went through about three controllers. How many how many times in the last hour have you dropped in you got a platinum and something by the way? Yeah. <laughs> but it's just that's the thing that like there's so many things in these games like Naughty Dog make you do everything to get you it. Do, so no, there's yeah. so many things that are linked to it. Yeah, you fucking you earn a Naughty Dog platinum, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, I think I only got about two trophies finishing this game. Oh, you don't get a lot. Uh, there's like none at all. Like, I've got about five. Yeah. It was it's I think they didn't want they thought there was I'm sure that I saw something when Neil Druckmann they said he didn't want trof- trophies to be popping all the time. Because he thought it would break immersion. All right. Yeah, I've completed the game four times and I've got about five trophies. So mm. quite a lot of them are, are linked to the online as well. Uh, yeah, which is, by the way, I know we're not we're talking about the story here, and I don't know if you've played the online, but it's phenomenal. Yeah, it's probably the most I've ever played of an online game. Uh, it's it was done so well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to whatever factions, the sequel, whatever it is that comes. Excited for that. Yeah. Off topic. Off topic. I know. <laughs> Okay, let's move to a couple of questions that we've got in ahead of recording this podcast. So first up, we have Craigie Boy. Not you, though, Craig. (laughs) Do you expect the gameplay for The Last of Us Part 1 to be on par or even better than Last of Us Part 2 because it's a PS5 exclusive, or do you think it'll just be more of a polish? I'm a bit concerned as the game hasn't been in development that long and they didn't redo mocap so will joe move as fluidly as ellie and abby it just seems too good to be true although at 70 pounds they surely mm, need to justify the price <laughs> <laughs> i was under the impression they did do bits of new mocap and things did they not i'm sure i read that but maybe i'm wrong there um but though, to answer the question i think it will be exactly like the part two and neil duckman has said that it's the same ai and same mechanics so yeah. The, the, the remake is going to effectively be everything fluidity-wise of part two in the part one game. 
Um, yeah. As for the seventy pound, I, I can't be fucked discussing the merits of that again. But I won't be playing <laughs> it. I will wait till Christmas time again in the sales. There's my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I think they'll. It's going to play exactly like part two. Yeah. Which I mean, see the thing is, like I, I know this won't be necessarily a popular opinion, but you watch your step here, by the way. Just where you're going with this, with the tone. You watch your step here, mate. Well, what I was going to say was, I didn't think, like, don't be wrong, The Last of Us, oh, we'll get onto this after, but I mean, it's certainly one of my top three favourite games ever, and The Last of Us Part 2 is up there as well, but I didn't think that The Last of Us Part 2 played that much better than Part 1. Like, I still think The Last of Us Part 1 plays really well, and I think The Last of Us Part 2 played really well. But I mean, I, I don't get me wrong, it's not that I couldn't see that it was better, but I didn't mm-hmm. think it was like, I don't know, I just thought, I, I felt like The Last of Us Part 2 was just a refined Part 1 nah, in terms go, of gameplay. Go and play the games back to back. Then you'll notice a difference, 100%. I'm, I'm, like I say, I noticed a difference. I just didn't think yeah. it was night and day. I wouldn't have said. Um, Chris has asked regardless of your opinion on the on the remake whether it should be made or not <laughs> um is there any specific scenes that you are looking forward to playing again james also kind of asked favorite moment from the game so i suppose they're kind of the same like, question Alex. I, I really like the scene where it was at early into bill's area and he got hung upside down and he had yes. to fight off the horde when he was mm-hmm. hanging stuck in the trap i think that would be a really good one to replay um to see that but also with haptics this, with haptics oh, of course that would be brilliant now yeah. i'm paying 70 pounds you've sold it now boys <laughs> no i'm still not paying 70 pounds who would do such a thing um the other one is probably the scene where ellie where ellie and david and how much more they could get into the characters in that scene and the facial mm-hmm. expression over when she's losing it with the machete Mm-hmm. I think you could get so much out of that in terms of the motion. It would be good to see what that looks like. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Apart from one thing that I am looking forward to is the complete overreaction to the comparisons when it's released. <laughs> I, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing the modern um, textures and architecture, particularly around Bill's time, particularly around all the buildings and that you're going, just seeing them in, extra in detail. Extra yeah. detail. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Yeah, I, do, I think the whole thing, like, I mean, obviously we've we've seen that with part one coming that they have made Tess look older, for example, because I think they think it fits the... Because she's supposed to be Joel's age. That's the thing. She looks too yeah. young in part in the original. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. the thing. People completely forgot that. She's supposed to be on ages with him. So the remake looks better because it's more realistic. Yes, yeah, so, uh, so they've, they've, they've aged her. And they've also sort of slightly aged Ellie as well. Like when you see her, like she she looks a bit more she looks less childlike, childlike. in I it. And again, like I I do wonder if that is another thing to sort of like like I said when we're talking about the ending and how like certainly Naughty Dog's idea was that Joel was more of the bad guy. And I wonder if part of making Ellie look less childlike is so that she does seem less defensive when it comes to that part. Mm-hmm. And you're like, right, she's not a wee girl. She should have had more autonomy. She like that. Like, it'll be interesting to see how that's played because I do mm-hmm. think that they're going to. I don't think they're going to change the story by any means, but I do no, think they're no. going to like. I think they're going to subtly like lead you more with visual cues 
to what the their initial ideas were. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll be interesting as well to see because obviously a little tidbit is that the the doctor that you kill at the end of part one looks completely different to Abby's dad's depiction in the story for part two. So obviously, well, I'm presumably in the remake, the doctor will be actually be Abby's dad this time. Yeah, I would imagine so. Be too careful so. with part two spoilers. That, so that a spoiler. No, it's not. It's not a spoiler. No, I know. just said Abby. That's all. Everyone knows Abby's in it. Yeah. Been fucking talked about enough. <laughs> uh, James also wants to know: Did anybody give the giraffe a name? Jeffrey, how do you mean? That's got to be the name, isn't it? <laughs> I had never thought about it until this moment, but it's definitely Jeffrey. Yeah, Jeffrey, Jeffrey. the giraffe. There you go. Right, well. Baz also asked: Would you say the pacing and story here is much better than the sequel, which felt overly long? Who's Baz? <laughs> oh, sorry, oh, Tinder Baz, Tinder Baz, my bad. Um, Obviously, Alex, you won't be able to, to answer this one, but um, I, I, I definitely think that the pacing is better in part one. Um, don't be wrong, like I say, I, I did love part two as well. I'm not going to get into any spoilers with that, but it is, I did think there was prolonged periods in the second one. And much like Uncharted 4, where I loved that as well, I felt like they were trying to justify it more by making it slightly longer than than it needed to be. Uh, Whereas I felt part one, uh, or well, last of us one, uh, was the perfect pace and and the perfect length. Yeah, I sort of think part two, there was quite a lot of climactic points that you thought were going to... I don't know, lead into the kind of ending, but then actually it just kept going a bit longer. Um, uh, they did they did the third Lord of the Rings film. Is it Lord of the Rings? When it just, you kept thinking it was going to end and it never fucking ended. <laughs> yeah, I, I, to be honest, I, I disagree with the two years and Tinder Baz here. I didn't think the pacing on the story was slow in part two, so I'm, I can't comment. Fair enough. Yep. <laughs> Fair enough, yes. Any other, I don't know, comments, thoughts, things you want to say? I suppose for me, what I want to know is really kind of Alex's, I want to kind of know, Alex, kind of what you kind of think, obviously you've spoken very positively, I just want to know kind of what you think overall, because what I obviously liked about the fact that not knowing that you hadn't played this game, you were obviously a brilliant choice, because you were obviously coming in completely fresh and yeah. completely impartial to this game so that was actually really cool how that worked out so I'm actually really keen to hear kind of your thoughts overall I think for me it was it was such a shame that we had just done our top 10 games over the cross players just before I had played <laughs> yeah. this and I think when, when we got to the episode where we were talking about the collective top 10 I had played it and I'm like this would have definitely been in my top 10 if I had wow. played it right. um, beforehand and right. I mean that is particularly for a fucking Playstation game come on <laughs> no console wars here no but i mean for me i almost it was as i said at the beginning it was i was definitely now the right time for me to play the game and to appreciate it i think and going back to that last question and i thought this game is paced absolutely perfectly Mm -hmm. um at no point did it ever feel like it was dragging everything kind of moved on quickly enough but gave you enough to draw you in at the same time yeah. um i also loved the fact that it wasn't just about that whole infected and you weren't just fighting against zombies you were yeah. fighting against yeah. mankind you were fighting against yourself you were 
there was so many layers to the story and I don't think I've ever appreciated the narrative in a game as much as I have in this one. Yeah. When are you going to play the sequel? Um, well, I, I was actually thinking about that as we're going through. I, I think I don't think I'm quite ready to play it yet, but I don't think we're far off it now. I yeah. think I need something else that I want to sit and kind of get engrossed. And mm-hmm. uh, um, but it was too much to go, go straight into it because it's it's yeah. not an easy play. It's not an easy subject matter. I mean, it's a fantastic game, but it's it's a hard play. Yeah. Nice yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I would I would have recommended like a break in between. Yeah. 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 You, you, you suffer could potentially suffer from like I don't know, just overburn or like having too many of too much of it at the one time as well. You want a wee break and to be ready going in. Yeah, and like yeah. you say, there's a lot of, I don't know, very strong themes that are throughout it. So yeah, it's and it's not like it gets any less desperate in the second. No. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's not suddenly going to be unicorns and rainbows, is it? No, unfortunately you, not. Yeah, if you think part one's brutal, fucking part two's cramped up to 11, you know? It does, up, yeah. Up to 11, mate. Yeah, no, I, I definitely think, like, when, once you get to the point where you are ready to dive in, Alex, like, we should we should definitely do the same again for, for part two. Like, I'd love to yeah. talk about that as well. Yeah. Yeah, so wait a while because our because our list is growing of games, so we can't decide next month yet. You, you say yeah, we're a list, Donny. You mean you're a list, don't you? <laughs> it's got a spreadsheet. Yeah. Well, it's not a spreadsheet, but it's a little pamphlet, shall we say? It's very much. Do you want to come on and talk about a game? Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, what what do you think we could talk about? Like, I really think we should talk about this. No, not that. Not that. Like, I really think we should talk about this. Like, okay, Donny, we'll talk about that. <laughs> And look how it worked out. It went straight into your top fucking text. Stop moaning, right? <laughs> <laughs> I look what Donnie's gave you. I'm glad that's all, that's all I've got. <laughs> exactly. That's, it's probably the best anyone's escaped out in a confrontation yep. with him. Excuse me, motherfuckers. <laughs> Kept his fingers to himself. <laughs> right, I think on that note, I'm maybe just mm. going to wrap things up before this extends into... Well, this turns into a roast. Yeah. yeah. Easy. So, thank you, everyone, for listening. We... <laughs> Sorry, Jess, on you go. Yeah. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We hope you enjoyed the first of many Games Revisited episodes. If you do have any feedback or would like to put forward a suggestion of a game for a future episode, then please feel free to get in touch. You can use the contact form over at puredeadgaming.com or DM us on our social channels. Don't forget, we're also hosting a community games night this Monday at 9 o'clock. We're going to be playing Among Us. So if you want to get involved, make sure you are following us for the details. Or if you have thick skin, then you can join our Discord as well. Once again, thanks to Alex and Donny for making this episode possible. Yep, well done, Donny. You've you've put this together masterfully. Yeah. We'll see how it turns out. <laughs> we'll make the edit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Alex, thank you very much for coming on. Really appreciate well, thanks it. Thanks for having yeah. me. And I'm really, I'm, I'm so glad you enjoyed the game as much as you did. That in itself is, uh, is good. So, yeah, ahead. much appreciated. Yeah. Okay. Bye, everyone. Thank bye. you. Bye. Bye, guys. <laughs>